This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. Welcome to Warrior Watch here on BPN Radio, June the 8th. We are so excited about what God is doing on this network. I want to encourage you to uh, get involved with this, uh, sow seed into this network. Uh, Dale Gentry is making a big difference. He's calling a nation back to prayer, and I believe that God is waking up the sleeping giant called the church, and that there are more churches and peoples and prayer groups that are arising and taking the mantle of prayer, and I'm excited to be a part of that. You can also have uh, or hear a replay of this tonight at 7 p.m., so if you, miss, if you want to go back and listen or invite a friend, you're able to do that. Today, I am excited to introduce one of my friends by the name of Jenny Donnelly. She's an amazing woman of God. I had the pleasure of um, meeting her about three years ago, and uh, she came to uh, one of our church services, and we just had an opportunity to meet God. Um, just There was a supernatural meeting between me and Jenny, and I, I knew the first time I met her that she was so special in the Lord. And uh, there's, some, there's a mantle on her to gather uh, men and women of God to do great exploits for the kingdom. She's a leader. She's an amazing businesswoman. Her and her husband have built literally an empire in their, in their sphere of influence and done an amazing job with the help of the Holy Ghost and a lot of hard work and leadership. She is the mother of five, the wife to Bob Donnelly, a pastor, a friend. But the thing that I love about Jenny the most is she reminds me of King David. She is the champion of the underdog. And there's something about her. I've watched her um, interact with people and she can take people. And when she begins to speak to them, she, she digs for the gold and all of a sudden the, the king and queen come out of them. So I am so happy to have her today. I honor her. Jenny, glad you're here with us. Thank you so much, Pastor Callie. It's exciting to be here. I tell you, I am so excited. Now, Jenny has written a book, uh, called her and her husband called the one degree. And Jenny's a woman of prayer, her and Bob pray. They seek God. They're, they're Holy Ghost people. They believe in the Spirit. They believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They love the Bible. They, you know, they're strong in the Word. But she's also a phenomenal leader. And I really believe that God wants us to be the best. He's, he wants His leaders across the world and across America not only to be founded and strong in what we teach and preach and to be men and women of prayer, but he wants us to grow in our leadership abilities. And so she's written this book called The One Degree, and it is phenomenal. It's it's just an amazing book, and it basically encourages us as leaders to make just small adjustments and get huge rewards. And so I want to take some time for us to talk about the first three chapters, and I love it. It's I Am Decisive. I am authentic and I am attentive. Jenny, can you talk to us about it? You bet. So Pastor Kelly already alluded to this, but 
the book itself is for leaders. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that doesn't apply to me, or I'm not in a leadership position, or, you know, maybe you are in a leadership position. But let me tell you this, the thing about leadership is it's not as positional as it sounds. Leadership is something that's required in the body of Christ in order for us to build the kingdom. And who is a leader? Anybody who's been entrusted with the life of another person or giving direction and guidance to another individual. That's who a leader is. And so you know who that encompasses? Everybody Everybody listening to this. That's right. So my children are leaders. You know, that's how I parent my children. I parent them so that when they're 18 and I, you know, drop them off into the world, that they can effectively influence the people around them towards Christ and towards their God-given destiny. So leadership is influence. That's all it is. John Maxwell is. is a foremost leadership teacher and mentor to really the world and um, so many other great leaders coming out in this generation. But when I heard him speak about leadership, Pastor Kyle, for the first time, it was in the year 2000. And I'd never really heard about leadership before, except for I thought it was a position. But I was about 24 years old, listening to John Maxwell speak live about leadership. And there was something on the inside of me that lit up. I didn't even understand what I was necessarily even hearing, but I, I lit up on the inside. So leadership became something that I just, I craved. I wow. craved to understand it. I craved to understand what it meant to be a leader, the impact I could have. I knew that leadership bled into every area of my life, into sure. being a wife. Um, at the time I didn't have kids, you know, now with five kids, you know, I'm definitely a leader. If you're a parent, that is who you are. <laughs> you are right. a leader. <laughs> that is your primary role is to lead those kids in the direction of their God-given destiny. Um, being a wife, you know, it's important that I lead my husband's heart in the way of greatness, not in the way of foolishness. Yes, so, yes. Um, yeah. And as a friend, you know, I want to be a friend that influences my girlfriends around me and even my congregation that I'm part of at church, I'm, I'm, le- I'm influencing them towards the word. I'm yes. influencing them towards the truth and not towards maybe even my own opinion. Some, you know, sometimes I have opinions that aren't that great, you know, right. but and feelings, but leadership is so important. Pastor Kelly, it is, it is literally going to determine the rise and fall of someone's overall life experience that they yes. have with themselves and other people. And we have to be able to lead ourselves. Let's face it. I have to lead myself to my yeah. prayer closet. Yes, that's exactly to, right. Yeah. And I need to be a strong influence on myself. So this book was really not easy to get out because the Lord spoke to me about two years ago to write it. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely get around to that someday, <laughs> which by the way, uh, someday is never today. Yeah. And um, I backed myself into a corner. I said, okay, guess what? Everybody around me, I'm going to have this book done by XYZ date. I literally had 30 days out from the time I said I would have this book out. I had not written one single word. And ironically and not ironically, but on purpose, the first chapter is called I Am Decisive. Wow. Because that was what I had to confront in even getting this book into fruition. And so- These first three chapters, you know, Pastor Kelly, you already alluded to this, but one little thing in leadership I have found, if somebody will pick up one 
little degree right. of change. It's like a boat in the water. If you're off one degree, well, you're gonna end you up know, 10, 20 miles down the road, you're You're messed you're up. Yeah. You're way off. So these these little degrees are not huge, they're not really that difficult. They're just new habits to implement. So I am decisive. What does that mean? Well, every single chapter is starts out with a statement that really was inspired by the Holy Spirit about great leaders and legendary leaders. Great wow. leaders are all among us. But if you want to be a legendary leader, then you really want to get these down. I went to a funeral a week ago of a woman that was... Um, Man, it was an amazing funeral because, you know, funerals can be, you know, not amazing. <laughs> they can be sure. really not fun to go to. But this one was amazing because these grandchildren got up and just cried and wept over the legacy of their grandmother leading them and leading um, generations and the people around her in, so, in such influence this woman had. Wow. And that's a legendary leader. That's somebody, you know, that, that leaves a mark. Yes. of influence past their lifetime. Great leaders can get stuff done, can make a lot of money, can, you know, build something great. But I want to be a legendary leader. I want to be too. somebody that mm-hmm, leaves, a, leaves a mark forever. So the decisiveness, the, the, the statement here in comparison from great leaders and legendary leaders is great leaders often make decisions, but legendary leaders make decisions often. And I, I have noticed that and this is very common in the body of Christ is once we come into this place of, okay, I have a destiny. God has gone before me. I'm called to do something very specific. And now because I don't want to mess it up, I'm just going to sit here and overanalyze my destiny. Yeah. And it is a trap of the enemy. It is a trap. And what we have to do as Christians and just people is we need to get in action. Yes. We need to be making decisions all the time. And what I have found out, Pastor Callie, is that um, I really believe the enemy uses um, our own understanding. Okay, God has a perfect plan for me. So the enemy says, yeah. And if you make the wrong move, then you're going to be out of his will and you're going to be out of his destiny. So you better really, you better really think this through. You know, And obviously, we have wisdom. We have counselors around us. The word is very clear about that. But sitting in idle for a long period of time will create anxiety. Oh, absolutely. And you go and nowhere. And so go nowhere. And so on this uh, first chapter, you'll read about just the analogy of sitting on a jet ski in the middle of the ocean and there's these big waves. And if you're in neutral on a jet ski, it is extremely difficult to balance yeah. when the waves come up underneath you. And so sometimes I'm, I'm trying to help people in life, in business or church or whatever, and I'm looking and I'm going, okay, well, your only problem is you're not making decisions. Yeah. Because what they're doing is they're talking about the waves. They're talking about, well, this is happening and life is happening. And guess what? Those things happen to me too. The, all, the, all the circumstances, all the stuff that's happening to us in life, that happens to everybody. But the difference is, why do some people look like they're just kind of skimming through life without all the bumps? It's usually because they are in action. They are making decisions. They're pulling the trigger. They're moving forward. The jet ski, once you push that thing into drive, you get up on top of the waves. And you can power right through it. Right. That's right. 
so I want everybody listening to understand something is, you know, you're going to have to read this chapter to really get the full effect of it and, and the full impartation of it. But just know that the energy you're expending right now that might feel like, man, I'm just getting drained. I'm, I'm just feeling anxious or my peace is wavering. It could simply be that yes. you're overanalyzing yes. everything too much. Um, what I found out was this, Callie, and I'll move on to the second chapter here, is I found out just with talking with the Holy Spirit, and and I, I had to bump up against this whole like, man, I don't want to make the wrong decision, you know, um, deciding going into my fourth baby. I remember going, I think I want a baby. I'm 40 years old. And is this a good idea? Because my youngest was seven <laughs> years old, you know, and I'm thinking, God, I, if I am in loopy land, you need to stop me here. And I don't know what I should do. And, and he wouldn't give me a clear answer. He kept saying, well, what do you want to do? And I didn't do very well with that. I was like, no, I am better at God. You say what to do and I'll do it because it feels like a guarantee. But he wanted me to go beyond that level of maturity and into a deeper maturity, which was Jenny, listen, if you want another baby, I'll bless it. If you don't, that's fine too. Yeah. Like we're just moving forward. There are and we things can overanalyze in, his decisions. Yes, there are things in life that you ask the Lord for and he says, it's your decision. Just make a decision. Mm -hmm. And I love what you're talking about, about being decisive. The enemy wants us to live in a place where we're afraid to move, afraid to make a mistake. Um, I told somebody the other day, I said, God doesn't have a plan B. He has another plan A. So if you make that's a mistake, right. just realize that everybody on this planet that's serving God has made mistakes. But we're going to make a whole lot less mistakes powering through, following the Lord, stepping out by faith, then we are setting in idle mode, doing nothing. That's right. And I kind of have a 51% rule. I just go, okay, 51% of me is being drawn to this through prayer. I'm going to do it. Some people go, well, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have like a solid 100% inside of me. And I'm thinking there's very few things in my life that I had 100% you know, yeah, concrete a, answer about. So but this is what the Lord told me, Pastor Callan, it really helped me is Holy Spirit said, Jenny, it's when you're in rebellion that you really get messed up. Oh. It's when you're in rebellion, not when you're just trying to follow me and you're doing your best. And, yes. and he showed me, even if you make a decision and I was like, no, 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 I didn't really mean that. But, but your heart is right. And you have childlike faith. I will correct Yes. I will correct a soft heart, but when a heart gets hard and rebellious, that's when, that's when we're having real problems. That's exactly you know? right. That's exactly So that right. really helped me a lot. And, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a vision really quick and I'll be really quick at these next two chapters just, you know, for our time's sake. But I had a vision about three years ago and it was just in prayer and I saw Jesus and, and Satan playing chess across from each other. And they were, you know, I don't even know how to play chess. I just know you move one pawn at a time, you know? And in one motion, Jesus took the whole board and moved every pawn at the same time in one move. Wow. And Satan got ang aggravated, angry, and said, you can't do that. You can't do that. And Jesus said, well, of course I can. I'm the creator of the universe. I can do anything I want. And in that moment, the, the thing that I knew what happened was those pawns were us. And what Jesus wanted to do was completely fluster and rearrange the plans of the enemy because the enemy, what, what I saw was he can really move um, and, and have more ground when people aren't moving. 
And yes. it's like, okay, if everybody holds still, then I can start moving things. But when Jesus rearranged the whole chessboard, he was like, well, now, now I don't have a plan because everybody moved. Yes. Everybody yes. rearranged. He's not like and God. So, He's not mm-hmm. everywhere at, at the same time. He watches our patterns. And so That's when, right. when we follow the Holy Spirit and we do the unexpected thing, we mess up his strategy. Yeah, we've even been told to move locations within our city for really no good reason that we could explain to anybody except for God told us to. And we just start, you know, I just want everybody listening to understand that sometimes we camouflage our, you know, wanting to be right with God, but that's really the underlying thing is fear, fear of making a mistake. And really what that comes back to is, okay, shake that off. Lord, I trust you with my life. I trust you that you make my wrongs right. And so what do you need me to do next? I am willing to move and not sit here and overanalyze my life, let 20, 30 years go by and having nothing changed. So the next chapter, Pastor Kelly, is authentic, and we live in a world where I truly believe, especially the church, is we have to be authentic people. Yes. You know, we're not in, you know, this whole, you know, performing or I need to have an image in order for people to follow me. Yes. I, you know, that whole thing, we have to throw that out the window. Look at the world and how they're responding to reality TV shows. Yes, I get it. And we got a generation out there and the generation that we're trying to reach, they can smell fake a million miles away. Yes, they sure can. And they are hungry for authentic people, whether they're living for God or not. You're right. Reality TV, this, this generation that we're, that we are reaching out with the gospel, they want real Jesus, real people and authentic and an authentic love for Christ. And they want mm-hmm. people to be themselves. They don't want us to be some manufactured Stepford wives church, you know, they want the That's real right. thing. Yeah, they do. And to be authentic, you know, a lot of people go, oh, okay, that means I'm just supposed to make sure that I reveal all my flaws. Well, <laughs> <No>. authenticity <laughs> authenticity is much richer than that. Yes, it's much it is. deeper than that. Um, the example I use in the book is just I went to Paris and, you know, went to the Louvre where the Mona Lisa is, the original Mona Lisa. It's, it's a pretty small painting, actually. And there's people just crowded and crowded and crowded and crowded. You can barely even see it. Then you go on the street, there's postcards, there's t-shirts, you know, nobody's crowding around a a postcard or even a replica of the Mona Lisa. So they look the same, but only one of them is authentic. Only one of them is the real thing. You know, my husband has told our kids this and told, you know, different people that we mentor. If you try to be somebody else, you'll always come in second place. That's it. And an authentic person is somebody who gets really comfortable in their own skin. They are comfortable taking compliments. They are comfortable, they are comfortable being in process. They are comfortable having, um, failures. Yes. They are, they are comfortable being somebody in process and, and, um, somebody who can easily get over themselves and not make everything about themselves. And so, you know, I live in the Northwest. I live somewhere where people, you know, this is a generalization. Of course, it's not everybody in my city, but it's, it's very popular to look authentic. Okay. It's very popular to go, Oh, look at me. I'm authentic because I dress like this and I don't care. And I'm just, you know, kind of let my hair down. Well, that's not authenticity either. It's, it's, who are you? Who's the original you, the original Mona Lisa, who's the original you. And, um, not 
comparing yourself to other people, somebody will always have a better this or a better that in the eyes of the world or even our eyes. But it doesn't matter because when you're really, really you, we are going to capture people's hearts. And then we are going to be able to share Christ who is not a religion. He's a person who is authentic. And, And we don't, you know, religion is performance, but Jesus Christ is a man who is madly in love with people who can only be displayed through an authentic person. And so that that's really exciting. You have to read a lot more in that chapter about that. But um, Attentive is the third chapter. My husband actually wrote this one because this is, this is just what he's really good at. Yeah, yes. it really is. And um, people have often said when he, when they're talking to Bob, they feel like they're the only person in the room. Yeah. That would you know, be what a gift. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very much so, you know, attentiveness cannot be faked. It, it really can't. You're either paying attention or you're not. There's a funny story in the book about my niece and she was probably five or six years old at the time, but she's a big time talker. And so, you know, she's always talking about something and she's super funny and entertaining, but sometimes you just tune her out, you know, because it's like, you can only take so much in. And so she came in in the house one day and she's, she's, and she said something to me. And of course I wasn't really paying attention. And she goes, and I said, Oh, that's nice. And she goes, aunt Jenny, I just said, I ran over my foot with the bike. And, um, <laughs> and I laughed and thought, Oh, I'm busted on that one. I've done yeah. that a million times. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. When you have kids, my kids are like, mom, I've been calling your name. I feel like I have this little like invisible helmet yeah. that I just push a button. It just goes over my head. But um, the temptation really is to just kind of shut down the noise. But to be an attentive person, and this is not in the in the book; it's just really coming to me right now. I think the Holy Spirit wants to wants to reiterate this. But to be an authentically attentive person, I think that we need to find that alone time with God, so that we can, you know, even five ten minutes sitting with the Holy Spirit in silence is so rejuvenating, and it allows me to go out and have a capacity to be able to listen and other people not fix their problems and stuff people actually don't necessarily even want their problems answered i found out they they literally just want a listening ear but i think that if we feel if i'm you know with my kids and everybody else and i'm everybody else's ear but i never got to just sink into the holy the presence of the holy spirit that i'm feeling tapped out and i'm feeling burnt out and now i'm getting critical and now i'm like oh my gosh these guys are a bunch of complainers you know yeah <laughs> and the, i'm finding myself getting irritated the holy spirit this is some this attentive thing is something that God has really been working with me on um, the last six months. Just being attentive to what's around me, being being uh, compassionate, attentive, and listening to stopping my focused effort and train because I have this train, you know, that I'm on. Stopping my train and letting somebody get on my train that God wants to minister to and. And really focusing on them. I've been really practicing of late just turning my, when I'm talking to somebody, turning my phone off and putting it away. You know, just really focusing on what is God doing in the moment. Um, I want to take a a break and we're going to uh, play The Lion and the Lamb by Leland. We're so excited what God's doing with Leland and uh, he's part of Bethel now. And uh, this is a new song on the Bethel album. So we want to take a break and play that. And then we're going to come right back and talk to Miss Jenny about uh, I am empowering, I am flexible, and I am meek. Another couple of chapters in her book. Uh, we'll see you in a minute. Lion and the Lamb.
to be back here with pastor, leader, mentor, amazing woman of God, Jenny Donnelly. And we've been talking about the book, The One Degree, and how to be a empowering, legendary leader. And uh, the last part of it, we talked about, I am decisive, I am authentic, and I am attentive. And now we're going to talk about, I am empowering, I am flexible, I am meek, and I am creative. Miss Jenny. Yeah, so this empowering chapter was probably the hardest for me to write. I found myself taking way longer than I wanted to trying to get this book done. But by the, and I don't know why it was more difficult, but it is my favorite chapter. And the reason it's my favorite is not because I, you know, read over it at the end and thought, wow, this is great, but because it's really the cry of my heart. And it's really what drives Bob and I. And it's also maybe where we've seen the most conflict in institutions, organizations, churches, that kind of thing that we've been a part of. And that is allowing someone to go further than ourselves. Wow. That's good. Not Jenny. only allowing them to, but pushing wanting them, them to. Mm-hmm. That's right. Investing in them. You know, you think about Saul and David and how David started getting that credit. And it really aggravated Saul, you know, really got to him. And, um, you know, if, if the mission in front of Saul had stayed solid instead of the, you know, perhaps insecure, I need to get the credit. I need to be seen as the hero in the eyes of these people. You know, that became the higher mission Wow, was how he was seen and adored and maybe even idolized by the people. And unfortunately, we see that in the kingdom work. And it's it's one of those things that really gets to me, Callie. Yeah, it really gets to me. You know what? It stinks in the nostrils of God. 
because God is all about empowering and he's all about, you know, we should as mothers and fathers in the gospel want our children in the gospel to go higher than we ever did and and want our co-laborers. Um, this, this reminds me of a, I was actually listening to John Kilpatrick yesterday, Pastor John Kilpatrick, talk about his pastor and how that his pastor took, I think he said, 17 young men and he taught them how to pray every day. And I mean, he would pray with them every night and he would teach them the word of God. And the Lord said to him, um, you're going to have success in your ministry, but these young men will go and influence far more than you've ever influenced, but you're doing your part. And that's just, Amen. that's just being humble and willing to, you know what, Jesus, you know, somebody won Billy Graham, somebody prayed for Billy Graham. We may not know their name, but what, can you imagine what America and the world would have been like without Billy Graham? So, that's right. yes, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, so I think what it comes down to is we have to know our mission and we have to stay committed to the mission. I'll give you just a really specific example, even within our four walls and our families. My my daughter's very gifted. She's very talented, artistic. She could, you know, pick up a keyboard, a guitar as, as a kid. I mean, anything. And her voice was really, really pretty. And I never had any instruction, any of that. I, I've, I've always loved worship, but been a little bit more intimidated to sing and, you know, hear my voice and such. But when I heard hers, it was like a, it was like an angel. It was yes. amazing. And she's had a lot of prophetic words that this is what she's going to be doing. She's going to be, you know, worshiping. And I thought, man, that's so exciting. Well, she was singing and all that. And then came into her teenage years and she's like, mom, I, I want to do dance. Well, I was a dancer and I saw her in dance and thought, I, I don't know if this is her thing. You know, I don't know, I don't know if, um, if this was her deal and she, um, she really wanted to. And, and I kind of bugged her about it. I was like, well, Hannah, why would you do something that was, it's harder for you and you have to work hard at, like, why would you, why would you do that when you sing so well? Why don't you just go with, you know, and, and being a teenager, of course, my first teenager, give me a little grace here. Cause I'm still trying to sure, figure this one out, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I finally just had to say, Jenny, what's your mission with your kids? And, and I had to go back to my mission statement, which is my children being, um, you know, encouraged in the Lord, being able to have, you know, obviously their God-given destiny, but that they get to develop a relationship with God that I'm not interrupting or butting in. You know, I had to go back to my original mission statement and just go, you know what, Hannah, go for it you know, try out for dance team. She made it, you know, I had to get, I had to, I had to get out of my own way. Cause I was even, you can even contort this empowering thing a little bit and want something for somebody that they don't want for themselves. And I wholeheartedly believe, yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that she'll, um, actually end up (laughs) worshiping. This is probably where she's going to end up because her prophetic words have been there and it's, it's really in her. But at this moment in time, this moves me into the second chat that not, not the second chapter, excuse me. I think it's the um, fifth chapter, but it's flexible. So as we're empowering leaders, we have to be flexible. We have to be flexible to the how, but we are committed to the mission. And so I had to, I had to get flexible on, okay, you know what? My daughter isn't doing this the way I would or the way that I see, or the way that I might even know. But the higher mission here is at hand, which is that she 
is doing something that has takes delight in her heart. And, you know, to be a flexible person means I have to be willing to step out of what I think I know, what I think is right or am right, and be willing to um, be mission-minded and not um, controlling. You know what? And I, I want to give you an, uh, um, an example real quick about something in my life that was exactly that way. Um, when Rachel was a little girl, you know, she got a prophetic word at nine years old that she'd be, a, you know, a country singer, country star. And I'll never forget her coming back to me and telling me she didn't like that word. She wanted a different one. And, you know, I just said, well, if it's not in your heart, it'll never happen. If it's, you know, not every prophetic word is perfectly on spot, but most are. You know, this man, it, I knew it was, but I just trusted the Lord. Down the road, Jenny, she wanted to, she went into acting class and wanted, she graduated high school and wanted to go to L.A. at 16 years old. And at first I told her, no, you're not going to L.A. to try to break into Disney. You're not, no. And she kept on. And one day in prayer, the Lord said, let her go to L.A. And I heard Mm -hmm. him as clear as I'm talking to you. And I remember people looking at me thinking, they didn't say it. You know, because they respected me. But I remember people looking at me thinking, you are crazy. But I I let that girl go to L.A. Her daddy and I packed her up. We set her up in L.A. And for one year, I I gave her one year in L.A. We gave her time to do what she wanted to do, what she felt like she wanted to do. I knew she was supposed to do music. But you know what? She wanted to go try this. Well, while she was there, she developed a songwriting gift. Two weeks before she left, somebody from Warner Chapel heard her and invited her to a songwriting deal in Nashville that opened up the door for her whole career. So Mm, that was that exact example of people looking at me. And there was even a few people that said, you should have, you you should make her go to college. You should not. I knew what I heard the Lord say. And I was flexible and didn't worry about what people thought and wanted to follow the leading with my children. So you're so right. A lot of times empowering is being flexible that God's going to get them where he wants them to go. And he just may take a little different route. Yeah. And the statement that's made in the chapter really encapsulates what we're both saying. And it's that great leaders have a vision with a plan to get there. But legendary leaders have a vision with a flexible plan to get That's there. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so, right. yeah, we become rigid in the right things because flexible isn't loosey-goosey, like whatever. It's not like this passive, you know, like, oh, yeah, whatever. God's in control. I'm just going to, like, float on through life here. That's not flexibility. That's like a spaghetti-type <laughs> concept. Yes. Flexibility is more like a rubber band where we are able to stretch, but we have an original shape that we return back to. So the vision, yeah, with our child, with my children, I just had to go, okay, back up. You know, the goal here is that they, they hear the voice of the Lord for themselves, which means they might have to go and find out what that even sounds like right. by letting, allowing them to do that. I had to take, you know, and, and sometimes Callie, what I've realized is I'm trying to save my kids from pain. Yes. Yeah. And so too. I'm trying to make these controlling Decisions. decisions. Mm-hmm. When in reality, pain is an amazing teacher. Yes, it is. It's an amazing teacher. And so as parents, we need to let them do that. But being empowering, meaning, you know, I can't imagine being jealous of my own kids. I hear adults oftentimes in yeah, business, you know, they're jealous of their own children. That just makes no sense to me. But as kingdom people, we have got to let go of the credit 
we have got to let go of that being our mission. Yeah. You know, and a, a recognition. Yes. And who cares? Who cares, who cares if somebody exactly else right. gets the applause? Yeah, I don't and care. we're like, hey, we did 90% of the work and they did 10%, but they're getting the applause. Who cares? We will all be tested in this. Yes, we will. Yes. And we you will. know what, Callie? If truth be told, I've taken credit for things out of my own mouth that Jesus just laughs at and says, yeah, I did a pretty good job there, didn't I? You know, let's be, let's be honest. Yes, sure. We've all done it. <laughs> so we've all done it. And, and then Meek is the, is the next chapter here. Meek is one that Bob wrote. Meek, meekness sounds like weakness or somebody who's meek is real quiet, that kind of thing. That's not actually what meekness means. Meekness is power under control. That's it's, it. Yeah, That's it's it. the ability. It's like a stallion. It's a, it's a horse that you can put a two-year-old on. And it won't buck them off, but yes. they could, they could kill it. Yeah. And so one, one thing that we see in ministry or different areas is, you know, somebody starts out real humble and then, you know, sometimes they get a little too big for the britches yep. and, um, you know, then because of their influence and power, they tend to want to use it for not the, for the good. Yeah. And, you know, that, that just comes down to a heart issue, you know, allowing ourselves to be to be analyzed by the Holy Spirit in the best way. But yeah. meekness here, great leaders can handle adversity and legendary leaders can handle adversity and power. You know, we have to be able to handle power that's given to us. And then the last chapter, the seventh chapter is creative and great leaders value the creativity in others. I'm sure every person listening to this, you know, we enjoy Look, I mean, I look at Pinterest and go, this is amazing. Yeah. The world is full of amazing people. Wow. You know, um, but legendary leaders value the creativity in others and themselves. And a lot of people I've heard it all, you know, I'm just not creative. I'm not creative. I'm not creative. Well, you're actually handmade by the creator of the universe who is creative and you're bearing his image. So you actually do have a create something very creative in you. Now, does it look like person A or person B, no, but you are creative. And in other words, you are a being that creates things. You know, you create things. That's what being creative means. You are creating things. We are creating things with our words, Sure. you know, positive or negative. We are creating things with our imaginations all the time. We are creating what we want our family to look like by meditating on either frustration or joy and peace. We yes. always are creating. We're constantly yes. creating. Now, as far as like bringing creativity into our church or into our business or into like even events or throwing parties and that kind of thing. And we think, Oh, we're just not creative. I'll throw in the towel. Well, let me help you a little bit. One thing about being creative is number one, there's nothing wrong with looking at somebody else's idea and letting it spark an idea in you. There's sure. really nothing original. No, there, there really is no original there's nothing idea. original under the sun. There really isn't. And you know, that's what we know from book of Ecclesiastes. So we know that it's, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in going, wait, that makes me think of this and maybe we could do this. And then not being afraid to be creative. And one of the things that stops people from being creative is thinking that there's a right way to be creative. You know, <laughs> there isn't. It's just create and taking a step out there and doing that because it'll bless other people. So a lot, sometimes people get real cerebral on this or black and white, especially in business, or maybe even in, in church, actually, where it's like, you know, we don't need to get creative. We just need to give the word, you know, just, just give the word because it's, it has nothing to do with whether the, the walls are painted a nice color or whether our lobby looks inviting, right. you know, all that stuff is just a waste of time. It's just fluff, that kind of thing. But uh, the example I use in the book is a proposal. 
you know, let's say that a man, you know, gets down on his knee, opens the ring box and says, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And that's beautiful. But now let's take that same conversation and put it in the middle of a McDonald's. You know, nothing wrong with McDonald's, but that's a terrible place to do that because the the peripheral, the environment is creating a memory. Yes. It's creating, it's creating a value on the person. But you take that very same act, the very same words, and you put that on, you know, the side of a lake after a walk around the lake, you know, the very same message, you know, in a different surrounding and yeah. atmosphere. It creates a whole creates different a, memory. Yes. And it's a value that's yes. placed on, on the person. And so, you know, as, as a church body, as a business, I, I'm challenging and encouraging everybody to think of how can I create this environment? It's not going to cost a lot of money. You just have to think outside the box a little bit. But how can I make this environment make other people feel valued is really where I kind of go in the book with creativity. But, um, yeah, so that that's basically the book. I obviously didn't go over everything. There's so much more I'm excited for everybody one, to read it. One of the things that I noticed, uh, well, I've noticed a lot of things about you and you and Pastor Bob, but um, I was at your house one time and there were some people that were cooking and I think they were a part of the church and uh, they were there and they were blessing and they were cooking. And I watched you, um, you know, just take, t there was all kinds of people there that, you know, that were influential and, you know, people you could spend your time with that, you know, maybe others would have thought, you know, I'm not going to spend time with these folks, but I watched you take so much time and show her and her husband so much love and begin to speak into them and, you were using these leadership being attentive, using these leadership skills to minister the gospel. And I just watched their eyes become bright. I watched hope uh, spring up in their heart. Uh, I saw you begin to speak to the king and queen in them. And that is a gift, but it's also a gift that can be learned if we will ask the Holy Ghost to help us, you know. Uh, first of all, we've got to spend time in prayer and his word so that we'll have a heart for the world, you know. And then second of all, God wants us to learn principles and tools, have tools in our bag to help people. Jesus did this whole thing. He died on the cross to redeem and help people. The gospel is about redemption, re restoration, and helping people realize their God-given destiny. And leadership... Our ability to lead on a very high level is going to make the difference in the harvest. It's really going to make the difference in the harvest. And Jesus died for the harvest. So I really appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing in, um, there in Portland. Tell us a little bit about your church and where they can find out. Uh, you, I know you have a blog. and So t tell us where we can find you, Jenny. Okay. Our church started up in January and we actually haven't even officially launched, which is, you know, funny because we're, we're packed. We would love to have anybody listening that's in the Portland area come. We are having an absolute blast. I mean, it is like, let's just go and be with Jesus and worship. And I'm telling you, it's, it's really special. It's not something that you can even manufacture, but it's just the Holy spirit and his goodness 
and his love and his peace and his it's joy. So awesome. It's a party. It's a party. So go to the website. It's probably the easiest way to find us is go to thecollectivechurch.com. Okay. Thecollectivechurch.com. And the word collective is what the Holy Spirit gave us for our church because it is a collective community of giftings of every walk of life. We have the rich all the way to the people who are in need of more all the way, every extreme, everything in between. Um, we just love people. That's we really so awesome. do. We love people. And so we'd love to have people there. You can find our address on there. We're actually going to be moving into a new building in the next couple of months, but it'll all be updated on the website for you. And we just want you to come and enjoy Jesus with us. That's awesome. Can you tell us where we can find your blogs? Uh, I want people to be able to get this book, The One Degree. So where can they go to get that? Yeah, so this is just a free download. And you literally can just download it on your device, or you can even print it out if you prefer to read on paper. So it's no charge. We're going to end up taking a second edition probably into print later on that will have more chapters to it. But right now it's these first seven chapters, yours for free download. And what you do is you simply go to my blog, which is www.jennytoday.com. And that's J-E-N-N-Y-T-O-D-A-Y.com, jennytoday.com. When you subscribe to my blog, I will send you uh, just a link to get the book and, and my blog, Pastor Callie, it's, I mean, you've seen it. It's just, it's literally just an article every couple weeks sent to you through email to say, here's what's on my mind. Here's what, you know, just a little bit of leadership food, sometimes spiritual insight, sometimes, you know, funny things that kind of cause us to think a little bit different. This blog is, is really just a added value to your sure, life. And great. I'm not, I'm not sitting around thinking of ways to bug people in your email. <laughs> so right. well, it's, um, a, it's real simple. I've never gotten anything from you that I wasn't, you know, didn't bless me, help me with my perspective. I appreciate everything that, that you're doing for Jesus. Um, we are headed, me and Jenny are headed to Orlando tomorrow to do a drenched and it's going to be in Orlando um, and these drenched meetings are just basically women getting together and praying and seeking God and drawing close to the Lord and really finding our place and prepared to step into our destinies. And um, do we have any of those coming up that we can tell anybody about outside of Orlando? I think outside it's pretty, of Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking at Spokane, Washington okay. as one of the next ones. And what they can do to get more information is just go to JennyToday.com. Look at the calendar, the events page. As soon as something is official, it goes up on there. Okay. But you can also email me or contact me through my blog. Okay. Go ahead and just send me an email if somebody has, oh, hey, I heard you say something about Spokane. Please keep me in mind. You know, I'll just make a list of a few people that want to know about this. The drenches are exactly like they sound like. It's a full submersion in in Jesus in every way, in your destiny. And boy, does he do a thorough work. Yes, he wow. does. I'm, every single time I'm like, wow, you did it again, Lord. I'm just surprised every time. It's not a conference. It is a, a time of just walking into an upgrade with the Lord. And it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing time. So Spokane is one. We have a few requests around the United States that aren't as solidified, but Spokane in July is what we were 
hoping for. So just let me know if you're interested in knowing more about that. That'd be great. Well, I'm excited about what Jesus is doing in your life. I want to us to pray for a few minutes for the pastors and leaders and everyone that's listening because like you said we're all leading somebody and uh, so Jenny would you pray for a few minutes absolutely father God we just come before you knowing that you are you are amazing you're so good and the thing about you Lord that is so comforting right now is that your goodness prevails in the hard times. It prevails in the confusing times. It, it prevails in the wonderful times. Your goodness, God, cannot be perverted. It cannot be um, stopped. You are such a good God. Father, I pray for every single person listening to the sound of my voice that their eyes would be opened to all the people around them that are looking to them, known or unknown, for direction, for life. Yes. Because this world we live in offers way too many paths to destruction. Yes. But Lord, you are the answer. You are the way. You are the life. Yes, you And are. you are the truth. So Father, I ask you, Lord, for every single person on this program listening, every child, every pastor, every business person, every mom, every dad, every friend, every wife, every husband. I pray, Lord God, that you would impart the gift of leadership to every single person, that they would take it on not as a position or as an obligation or even as a duty, but Lord, with a heart that's beating for the lost a heart that's beating for people who aren't lost. They just need wisdom. Yes. They just need direction. But God, that we would be, our eyes would be peeled open. The eyes of our heart, like you talking about Ephesians, about the eyes of our heart, having understanding that you would open and peel open the eyes of our hearts yes. right now in the name of Jesus. And that we would see, wait a minute, that person needs influenced. That person right there needs influenced. Lord, how would you like me to influence them? And that we begin to influence them either through just sometimes it's a smile. Sometimes yes. it's, it's just, how are you? Sometimes it's, you know, do you have a church you go to? I would love to meet you at my church. Do you have any plans going on? Some friends and I are going to go to a movie. Would you like to come? Father God, would you yes, right Lord. now shake loose the fences that we have up in our heart where we yes. just want only our friends and we don't want anybody else? Yes. You know, no, Lord, we can get in this place where we become closed off to new relationships. And I really feel the Lord say, make space, yes. make space, make space in your church for more leaders. Yes. Make space. You know what that means? We have to make a mess. Yes. That means we have to open up. We have to open up classrooms where we need more teachers. We have to open up places where other people are going to lead. Yes. And to, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, it is a mistake to only depend on a handful of leaders over yes, and over and over again, yes, because, yes. because really that's a way for us to control. They've been trained. They're good. Right. We're good. The problem is, is that people are sitting in our congregations collecting dust, yes. collecting dust. And the gift of God is on these people's lives. And they have the ability to not only feel valued, but create value. 
Lord, in the I kingdom. Just, I thank you for that, mm -hmm. Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that as leaders, I'm talking to all the leaders of all churches, businesses, that we would dare, yes. that we would dare to open up spaces where now we have to go recruit. We have to yes. go recruit new people with new giftings. We have to even, I see churches creating new bands. Yes. Like, like, like we're going to have to have a whole new band, but, but who will do it? Well, guess what? They're right in your church. Yes. They're yes. in the house of God. They're all around you. Father, empty seats in churches. Who's going to fill those seats? The people in our community. Amen. Sometimes it's just a little simple invite. It's a simple invitation with an authentic love, authentic smile on our face and eye contact yes. that says you're special. You matter. Yes. And so father, any type of cliche or um, not cliche, any clicks, the clubs, the, the, um, you know, just me and my three buddies, you yeah. know, we're going to hang out that thing. We're going to break it loose right now in the name yes, of Jesus. Lord. We just, we just break yes, it Lord. loose father. And we allow ourselves to go out of control again. We yes. allow ourselves to say, well, we're kind of creating a mess here, inviting new people in that we don't know if we can trust. Guess what? God trusted us enough so yes, we can trust other people. And Lord, we invite people in their process. We don't need perfect people. We don't no. need only people who look like they have it all together, God. We invite every person that you direct. And, and Lord, we are willing and God, give us the capacity and the patience to disciple these people yes. that come into these spaces yes. that we won't just expect them to understand, expect them to know how to be Christians, expect them to know how to run a kid's classroom, expect them to know right. how to help in the church. But God, we would just start with square one and say, I'm going to walk with side by side with you. And Father, I pray that we are empowering people, yes, that yes. we step out, we step out of a place of applause and allow the next generation to come in to be um, to be in the limelight if they need to be, whatever, sure, God. But they need sure. to be, they need to come into a place that their value is recognized. And then Lord, when their turn is up, they empower others and yes. it goes on and on and on. So Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would turn our eyelids open. Yes. Peel them back, God, the eyes of our heart. Yes. That we see the people around us. We see the leaders around us. We see the people sitting in our congregations and saying, you know what? You have a gift of God on you. Let's put that into action. Yes. Let's put that in. Let's plant that in the house of God. Let's do, let's do what Jesus wants to do in your life. And you know what? We, people shouldn't have to scrap and crawl and climb their way to try to put their gift in the house of God. No. That is our job as leaders to open and create space. So we're space creators, God, yes. and we will partner with you on this. And we are not controlling people who just want to avoid no. a mess. We are okay with it, God. We embrace it. We embrace the process and the growth and the mess of, of just many, many people. We love it, God. We bless you, Lord. We thank you yes, that Lord. even though you want us to embrace a mess, you also give us a way of order. So we thank you, God, for order. And um, I just ask you to bless every mom and dad, every parent in this, yes. in the sound of my voice for your family, that your best leadership is saved for the home. Thank you, Father. Thank you for leadership yes, in the home. Lord. Thank you, God, that we would take the time to lead our own children in the way of understanding and discipleship and correction and guidance, Father. I thank you for it all in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. Lord, I just thank you for Jenny. I thank you for her heart. I thank you for her wisdom and the leadership that she has uh, walked in for years. And I just declare, Lord, that we are going to walk in that. We're going to please you. And we give you the honor and the praise. I thank you so much for being with me today, Jenny. I thank you all, all the listeners out there at BPN Radio. We thank you for listening in. We want to encourage you to... Um, you know, to, to sow a seed into BPN radio. This is an amazing ministry. Um, Dale Gentry and Jean Gentry are literally treasures in the kingdom of God. And so I just want to encourage you to be a part of this ministry. I thank you, Jenny, for being with me today. You can also hear this broadcast tonight at 7 p.m. We love you so much. We honor you and we thank you. And we believe that God not only wants to grow us spiritually, but he wants to grow our leadership skills and help us to be a well-rounded people that will make space for God's people and encourage people to be everything that God's called them to be. There's no room in the kingdom of God for being jealous or trying to pull people down. God has called us to encourage people, empower people, and speak into this next generation. I honor you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.